Hey, hey, all you Arizona lovers, this is the Finding Arizona podcast, episode number 212. That's right, 212 episodes, still going strong. Today's guest, Mr. Travis, who is also the going under the moniker Sad Trav or Juice Box, however you want to call him. He is a tattoo artist, a photographer, and we got a chance to talk to him. Not only talk to him, but we also got to be behind the camera for him. Um, he was someone who was interested in wanting to do an exchange for for some photography and we were very interested in his style and he's very uh very different from everyone else that we've done uh photography with so shout out to him go check out his uh, artistry and go check out some of his tattoo stuff everything is linked below as always and this will generate things into our side of the business you can hear every episode of finding arizona podcast at finding podcast.com we make it easy for you guys to connect with us through social media that is under finding arizona podcast that's Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. And uh, we over there at the website, you can go check out the blog or the newsletter. The newsletter will give you the insights of what's going on in the community and what's going on in our podcast officially. And the uh, blog is more of the personal side between Brittany and I. Uh, recently, we have uh, just recently got done with our honeymoon and uh, we are doing some more work around the house on top of which we have a couple of cool projects. I've been editing a lot more. So I'm very excited to say that we are doing a lot of things uh, through video and through audio. So we're, we're continuing this progress and we're hoping that you guys will continue to join us. Go check out our YouTube channel. We have four, I think, going up to five episodes of vlogs that are available for you guys to consume. All totally free, all totally for you guys. Go check it out. Last but not least, if you want to support us monthly, it would mean a lot to us because we get new equipment, better equipment, and it helps the people who come through our doors. It helps supports us to make everything a little bit better for everyone. And we just want to be a connector and a, and a foundation for this community. So go check us out at patreon.com slash finding Arizona podcast there you will sign up and then we will feed you extra bonus content including our bonus podcast called fine examination 50 questions that we ask every guest who come through our door things that they like things that they're interested in things that they're reading things that they're watching if you're interested in that go sign up for that patreon.com slash finding Arizona podcast which leads us into my favorite part of our intros, the community cork board. If you would like to send your events over to finding Arizona podcast at gmail.com, we will set up a shout out for you guys. Just like the following. The APS electric light parade is taking place December 7th from 7 PM to 9 PM on central Ave and Monte uh, Montebello to seventh street and Indian school road. The APS uh, Electric Light Parade presented by the Phoenix Parks and Recreation Department uh, takes place to the streets of Central Phoenix and this all takes place Saturday. We hope that you guys enjoy that. We will probably be taking part in this. We were going to try and be there and do some videos, hopefully do some interviews. It's always fun. I love this time of year. There's a lot of things going on, guys. Like the following, Festivus 2019. Yes, Festivus comes back to um, the market. It is a wonderful market that takes place downtown over at the Phoenix Public Market area. That is Thursday, December 12th through Thursday, December 19th. It is always a fun time. I always enjoy myself. This takes place from 5 p.m. to 10 p.m. 200 incredible vendors 
from different artistries, anything that you can imagine for the holiday season, you can find it here. So I'm gonna go check this out. I hope that you guys will as well. And last but not least, I gotta give it up to my friends over at the Churchill. They're doing a Tucson takeover curated by the Gather Phoenix, taking place November 23rd from 11 to 3 p.m. I encourage you guys to go check this out. Our friends over not only at the Gather Phoenix that they are also um, guests on our previous podcast along with the Churchill. We always love doing stuff with them. They're our friends, they're close, close friends, and we encourage you guys to go check them out. They are featuring Sonoran, Witch Boy, and Remedies, and Rich Wells. It's gonna be a fun time for everyone involved. There's gonna be more artists, artists and makers there, so I encourage you guys to go check it out. I am done with the intro. I am going to kick it off to this episode with Trav. I encourage you guys to go check out this incredible artist and tattoo artist. Uh, this is episode 212 with Sad Trav slash Juicebox. Let's go. Hey Arizona, did you know NextGen Partner Strategies offers full service business solutions for small and large Arizona companies, including payment processing, payroll protection, and telemedicine. You can call 888-680-4677 to find out just how business ownership got easier. What is it you do and why do you do it? Here at Finding Arizona Podcast, we love to showcase that. And so do our friends at Every Impression Counts. They offer free strategy consultations so you can envision the possibilities for your business or idea, such as websites, social media management, paid advertising like the top of Google, along with advertising on Facebook, Instagram, Snap, video production, photography, podcasting, SEO, blogging, analytics, and so much more. In today's world, it's never been so cost-effective to produce and distribute content with the tools that you have at your disposal. If you've ever thought, what if, just have a combo with my friends at Every Impression Counts. You can find them at eic.agency or check out what they're up to by following them on Instagram and Facebook at Every Impression Counts and tell them Finding Arizona Podcast sent you. looking at all right let's just jump into this welcome back ladies and gentlemen to the finding arizona podcast i'm your host jose as always we bring in someone special every week today is absolutely no different and then and it's incredible we are on site i'm gonna let trav take it from here and introduce himself and his business yeah um i'm travis a lot of people call me juice box uh nice kind of around the tattoo communities um we're out here at diamond body arts the tattoo shop i work at um so I guess today we're talking about tattoos and my other gig, which is doing photography. Absolutely. So, a lot of and fun. I want to first, uh, first off, thank you for letting us come yeah, here. And it's course. a beautiful spot. We talked about out. this and, you know, you've, you've really opened up your doors to us. And this is really an incredible space and just an opportunity for us to kind of get to know this new community. I mean, I have a tattoo. I got mine over at Club Tattoo when I was 18. Nice. Um, you know, it was uh, my own clan. I'm Native American on my mom's side. Oh, so cool. I got my spider right here on my calf. So that's kind of my introductory into the tattoo realm. Um, you know, kind of, I always ask this of everyone. Can you give us a little bit of your origin story and how you came to be? Um, as far as tattooing, man, it, it all happened completely accidental. Um, 
I was raised in a religious family, so tattooing was never like a viable option. Yeah. Um, that I saw as like, you know, being a reality for me. And then one day, you know, I've always been into art and kind of one day someone just saw that potential and dragged me into the tattoo scene and it worked <laughs> out. And so yeah. I've been doing it nine years this month, actually. That's so awesome. It's been um, a while. So what can I ask you that any other podcast hasn't asked you? Let's first off start on what was your first tattoo? My first one I ever got was actually this huge tattoo on my stomach. Um, it was about 12 hours total to finish it. It was a huge mistake because the stomach is horribly painful. Yeah. Um, that was that was your first one? Yeah, I did not know what I was No doing. one gave you any um, guidance at, of at like, time, you probably was, shouldn't. At the time, I mean, people were like, I don't, even the guy who's going to do it for me was like, I don't want to do that. And I was oh. like, dude, I, like this is the only tattoo I know that I want and I'm not going to settle for something like that I might regret. Jeez. So, yeah. Now look at me up. Full of bad decisions. <laughs> full, full. Head to toe. <laughs> yeah, no, it's cool. But um, it's still, I mean, it's one of my favorite tattoos. It's really cool. It's a giant, like, ship. Um, yeah. Like, super traditional tattoo. It, it's dope. pretty, I mean, it's pretty big. So. Okay, then what's your most recent one? Um, Most recent? Uh, this one, actually. Oh, um, along the forehead? So, yeah, it's actually a cover-up. Um, I used to have some script over my eyebrow uh, that I love the tattoo, but just wasn't who I was anymore yeah so we kind of decided to cover it up and mm -hmm. I went with this because it's you know kind of like paintbrush strokes but it's uh it's just really bold and yeah I don't know I like bold and yeah for sure. making statements absolutely so, nothing yeah. more more of a bigger statement than yeah. a big x <laughs> I haven't been tattooed in a while other than that though I, I honestly I hate getting tattooed so much getting tattooed yeah, it's so fascinating where's the where's the premise behind that it, was like, it just, sucks it's, it's just, not fun i yeah. ran out of easy areas to get done so now when i get tattooed it's, <laughs> it's like legitimately the hardest sucky or super sucky so oh, man. Um, I, I get that yeah <laughs> so I'm, i've really grown like a, a hatred for being under the needle you have one on your neck are, yeah you it's halfway it? finished yeah i was gonna that. yeah um, i saw that <laughs> yeah because i was like this is not fun right now and so i need to uh need to get that finished yeah have you thought about the other side too or just i thought about it probably uh <laughs> not for a while now though until i forget um what this side was like so <laughs> yeah it was uh i don't know something about the neck i just wasn't fun yeah. my head didn't bother me the neck sucked it, oh my god i can imagine so. yeah i was like the the worst part about this was as it got higher to behind the knee and yeah. as it like because it basically the arms reach out upward mm -hmm. and so as it got closer to the knee, I was like, oh, yeah, like I have behind one, the knee. Um, on the back of my calf that does go behind my knee. And uh, I got it done in New Mexico at a tattoo convention I was working at. Um, and the guy who did it, it's awesome. It's a portrait of Voldemort from Harry Potter. Oh, dope. So, super <laughs> Harry Potter nerd. But uh, it was about nine and a half hours in one sitting, and it was just. Yeah. Yeah. What's no. that most ep Like, you said it, the 12 was the 12 one, the longest? That was the longest one I've done, but that was too. Two sessions. sessions, yeah. But that what? was the longest tattoo I've sat for in one session. Yeah. I know, Nine and man. a half hours, yeah. And was it a guy who like took frequent smoke breaks? Nope. Or Okay, we good. Took, well, he didn't smoke. We took one break in the middle for like a sandwich, and I went and smoked a cigarette, and then we kept going. And yeah, nice. I was like trying to be tough because there's a lot of people walking by and like yeah. other tattoo artists in the booth next to us. But like I, I was just minimal like, tears. Down, like, on my like, oh, I just want this to be over. Please. Oh man, is that and, and that's the thing about it. It's like for those. Do you give any warnings to anyone before they get started? Do you try and kind of guide them? A little bit, you know. Um, I do have, like, certain things that, like, I won't do. Like, there's 
you know, this 18 year old kid came in the other day, not a tattoo on his body. And he wanted like some big, like flaming skull on his neck. And I'm like, dude, like, I mean, I'll do it. But <laughs> no, I won't actually, um, you know, you need more tattoos before I'm going to tattoo you on your neck. And it's not yeah. a pain thing. You know, he might be able to sit through it, but like, that's just, it's an improper decision. Um, especially Man. being 18 years old. And, yeah. you know, I asked him where he works and he's like, oh, I work at fast food place. And I'm like, all right, so do you ever plan on not working there? Because it's <laughs> going to be hard to get out of there with a neck tattoo. Yeah. So, more, um, a moral high, moral grounds. Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's kind of just a moral thing. Some tattoo artists will be like, all right, dude, screw it. And then let's do it. Go do <laughs> the tattoo. But I just I can't do that to people. You know, anything like hands, face, neck. Um, yeah. If you don't have a lot of tattoos, I'm, I'm not going to do that for you. For sure. So um, that's a that's a good stand to kind of hold yourself yeah you know, i mean for. you probably went and got it done somewhere else but yeah. i'm not gonna be the, the dude to do it yeah so. good for you yeah. you don't have don't some know. mother coming yeah, running well, through I mean, your he doors came in with his mom and i looked at his mom and i was like dude she just goes threw her hands up i don't know <laughs> what do you say like you know for you when you first got to the riskier uh tattoos how do you, I guess, justify it or how do you kind of put yourself, you know, to make that decision? So I didn't get anything on my hands till I was tattooing for a few years. And I knew that that was going to be, you know, my route for okay. life is, is tattooing. And then yeah. um, my face tattoo, uh, the first one I got was the script under here. Yeah. Um, I got that done when I was about four or five years into tattooing. And so sure. it was, you know, definitely taking all my time, full time gig. I knew it's going to be the only thing I do for the rest of my life. So yeah, it's like, you know, I might as well commit, commit um, all the way. Yeah. It's kind of crazy. The reaction that you get, uh, you know, being covered in tattoos is one thing people look at you, but once you like go above that jawline, mm -hmm. people really like notice you. Yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> um, especially in Arizona, it's a interesting place to look like this. Yeah. So I would, you know, that's the kind of thing that I always, um, try to steer into, especially with our podcast is, we're about community and we're about building community in a yeah. positive manner and, and bringing in people of all sorts of backgrounds. So it's like, that's the kind of thing that I want people to understand that even though you look the way you look, doesn't mean that there's something deeper in there. And that's right. why I want to, you know, bring that to light. Well, and it's, and it's really funny. Cause like, um, most of the people who are saying stuff like that are, you know, older generations and, and people who have never seen like any type of like artistic endeavors, yes. let alone tattooing. Um, but it's it's growing so rapidly right now. You know, mm. all the TV shows and stuff, tattooings. It's more common to f see someone with a tattoo than without. You yeah, know? absolutely. Um, and I'm, I tattoo people. I never thought I would, like, 70-year-old, 80-year-old people come in here for a tattoo. And, nice. You know, really people from conservative backgrounds now are getting tattooed and stuff. So yeah. it's really cool to see the growth and, and how it's changing. And an appreciation for that. Oh, too. yeah, for yeah. sure. And a lot of people are recognizing it as more of, like, an art form rather than, like, a rebellion or, mm -hmm. or something along those lines. So I know for um, my own understanding, there are different styles of oh, tattoos. Oh, so many. So many different styles, so especially many. from the TV shows that you just get in a handful of like artists, like the different, they tell you different styles mm -hmm. of like what they master in or what they're good at, black and white, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Um, for you, would you say that you, what was, what would be your style? What do you oh, tattoo man. the most? Uh, what's the, what's the I primary? I always tell people I specialize in good tattoos. There you go. There <laughs> um, you go. No, I mean, honestly, I've been doing it so long and, and I didn't become a tattoo artist to like do one thing every day and get bored. So mm -hmm. I, I try and really encompass like every different style and I'd like to think I do it pretty well. You know, I do portraits, I do nice. 
very traditional tattoos, black and gray color, um, just about anything. Anything so, and yeah. everything. Good. Yeah, that's so, that's awesome. That it's you, a lot of fun. Yeah, you've been able to put yourself in the different realms of like and challenge yourself. Yeah, especially. Yeah, it's, it's it's challenging for sure. Most recent style I've kind of mastered is black and gray realism. Um, for a long time, I avoided it because it made me so nervous. You know, like someone comes in with a portrait of like their dead grandma. <laughs> yeah. And it's like, I didn't know her, and um, this is only one photo I have of her. So, you know, to capture that likeness to the point of someone who, you know, was very close to her would, you know, feel justified by looking at it is, yeah. is a pretty nerve-wracking thing. But yeah, um, but I've gotten it down, and I haven't had anybody ever tell me, like, I don't like it or yeah. it doesn't look like them. Good. So. That's good. I mean, that's a positive yeah, thing. You know? Yeah, we'll keep our fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah. I mean, we all know that, like, especially from the shows, is like, as you start to learn and understand the art of tattooing, like, you realize, like, yeah, it's a skill to have that kind of portrait because as we age, skin, mm-hmm. and, you know, having that and understanding that part of it and making sure that when you your finished product looks to someone like an actual realism and appreciation of that definitely and you know like you said the aging thing is definitely a factor so you have to apply a tattoo in a way to where you know as it ages it's gonna still look great you know Mm -hmm. there's a lot of people who they'll try and do these detailed things and they'll pack all these little lines next to each other well as you age the lines in your skin will spread a little bit Mm -hmm. and if those are too close together they're gonna hit each other yeah and now you have like this big blob Blob. yeah Yeah. so that's crazy uh, there's a, a lot of factors um and doing a tattoo the right way. That's cool. Um, <clears throat> so I want to get into a little bit of, you know, the other part we're here today is we, we kind of met you through your Instagram, which is through photography. Yeah. And uh, I want to get a little bit of understanding of how you came. You know, I know I can guess that through, you know, making tattoos, you've started to appreciate and, you know, take photos of your tattoo. And then that kind of moved. Is that the story? So I've actually been doing photography for close to 12 years now. Um, and I kind of got into that accidentally too. Um, but, uh, I was doing that way before tattooing and it's funny because, um, you ever play N64? Yeah. Yeah. There's a game on there called Pokemon Snap. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I played it. I was into Pokemon. I got that (laughs) Pokemon Snap game and you kind of roll around and take pictures of these Pokemon, right? Yeah. I was like, oh, this is cool. You know, I was a little kid. So I went and got just like a little crappy like digital point and shoot camera and yeah. started like snapping everything nice and then um that kind of segued into a little bit of a nicer camera it was always just a hobby and then one day um i was getting work done on my car at this one place and this other guy who happened to be a photographer was also there getting work done and we struck up a conversation and it kind of dove into, he goes, oh, I'm a photographer. And I was like, oh, cool. Like, I, I take a lot of pictures and stuff and showed him my work. And he was like, dude, this is actually really awesome. I'm opening mm-hmm. a studio. I want you to be a part of it. <clears throat> nice. And so from there, I started working with him. Um, we did a lot of stuff for, like, car shows and um, car companies, like, that made rims and just things like that. Yeah. And uh, kind of segued into, like, bringing some models in and... Um, so then I started taking portraits and stuff like that. Mm. Um, and this was, yeah, this was about 12 years ago now. Nice. Um, I was like senior year of high school. <laughs> um, well, one day he goes, have you ever been to a rave? 
And like at the time, you know, raves were not like they are now. Like everybody, rave culture has exploded. Yeah. Um, everyone's going to these festivals and all yeah. that stuff. Well, at the time it was still very small. Yeah. Um, okay. I was like, no, I haven't. Like, that's crazy. You know, like he's like, you should take pictures of them. Oh. And he took me to one and he actually had a, a really big name in the rave scene. Um, that's awesome. In the electronic community and stuff. So um, I went with him and just being there with him already put me at this level of where, you know, the people who are promoting the party and the DJs there are, are you it was, know. It was the open door pass. Yeah, yeah. They're allowing me to, to photograph them with like kind of no restrictions. And and so uh, it was a challenge, man, taking photos in a, a place where the lighting is changing and there's not much light to begin with. And yeah. everything's constantly moving. And it's a, it's a lot of energy to capture. And uh, it was a lot of fun. And so um, I kind of got started in that scene and really fell in love. So um, I've been able to photograph a lot of really awesome musicians and DJs that way too. Like uh, recently, last year, I shot um, a festival out here and I got to take pictures of like Steve Aoki. And, nice. Uh, Elenium and a couple other big names. But um, through that, I've, I've gotten really comfortable shooting live events and stuff. So I shoot a lot of rappers uh, and stuff like that. And, a lot of fun um yeah. this year i've worked with uh slick rick oh wow so yeah nice. super awesome over in vegas i was at the hard rock sweet um dizzy Wright is you know a pretty prominent rapper he's also in vegas i got to work with him this year um andre nicotina came through the marquee i took pictures of him there nice. stuff, so. uh let me ask you this how does it feel when you you know is it something that you always thought that that might be kind of a a situation for yourself like where was that first aha moment that turned in i mean i know that you said your friend allowed you to come in but it didn't you... really get real until this company noticed my photos and they throw a lot of events and so they started putting me on um and then i got a i got a my first like big like holy crap was when i shot with uh rusco nice so he's a dubstep dj yeah, yeah. so i shot with him it was uh, at the time called cherry lounge and then it took, went on to be School of Rock. Now it's called Aura. It's on yeah. Mill. Yeah. Um, and that was the first time I had, like, I get goosebumps talking about it because, like, I was a huge fan of his. And then, like... Um, That's cool. It was like, holy crap, like, this is real, you know? And then with that same company, I shot, um, like, 12th Planet, um, Datsik, Excision, Borgor, uh, wow. a bunch of names over at that place. And, yeah. and so then it kind of was like, okay, cool. And then there's this company. <clears throat> now they're called... They run Mixmag. It's mm -hmm. mostly over in the UK. It's a big DJ publication. They used to have like a, a website called don'tstayin.com. And they used to um, kind of like put me on for shows and stuff because um, they're mostly UK stuff, but they had a small following in Arizona, which was really random and weird. Yeah. But um, through them, I, I actually got published in Mixmag in 2008 and 2009. That is really cool. Um, yeah, it was cool because it was still in its like very infant stages. I yeah. mean, it had a big name, but uh, it's huge now. So. Yeah. You got in on the on the ground floor. Yeah, yeah, it's cool. Um, yeah, so it was it was wild. Uh, Don't stands not around anymore, but Mixmag is still up yeah. and running pretty hard. So, as you as you've become a part of this community and as you've evolved, you've grown in it. What have you seen, especially here in Arizona, because we are finding Arizona? I want to know how. What are the some of the appreciations that you can take away from both tattoo and the photography community? 
positives. There are yeah, some there, there's, there is a lot of negatives, but there's also a lot of positives. Um, yeah. There's a lot of really talented people out here. Um, sure. And uh, it's kind of cool the, the way it's changed since I've started. Like when I, when I first started taking photos, there wasn't Instagram. There wasn't, yeah. you know, any of this stuff. So that's definitely made a change on it. And, and through that, I've been able to see all the talent that I couldn't previously see out here. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a lot of really knowledgeable awesome people there's a lot of cool studios um and and the photography scene has gotten pretty big um yeah i've noticed that too yeah it seems to be really like uh happening right now and um it's kind of cool because a lot of people who otherwise might not have been interested in it have started doing it and they're you know awesome Mm -hmm. um so it's it's kind of cool bringing some new talent so um arizona is a a very unique landscape for um, all sorts of types of shooters yeah. and um, a lot of people. It has almost like every element to it. Yeah, too, you from know, landscape you, can, to you can find a lot to... of different types of shooters out here and a lot of, I mean, even, you know, like the physical landscape of Arizona is so vastly different. You know, you have northern Arizona with all the trees and then you have like, you know, down here and stuff with the superstitions and then go west. You, you got know, sand dunes. Yeah. You go. The dunes. And then like super north is the Grand Canyon. And, yeah. and so there's a lot of different um, options out here as far as like uh, the aesthetic or, or how you want to capture, you know, so for sure. It's really cool. I like that. I like that you've been able to at least understand and see kind of because that's what the one thing that I want to kind of demonstrate is that, yeah, there's a lot of negative people or there's a lot of negative things that can steer you away but i want to embrace a lot of the community you're gonna find negativity everywhere you know any Mm -hmm. scene really um whether it's arizona or chicago yeah the farthest you can possibly get from here in the (laughs) united states you know there's always going to be negative people and people who think that you know they might be better than you or you know just whatever um honestly but you know that's everywhere yeah I, I want to ask you this, though. So when you I know that you've had your fair share of hardships, what have you done to kind of find your balance again? Or what have you done to correct uh, when, um, you, when negativity hits? Honestly, I uh, I'm the type of person where I just don't care. Good. Good. <laughs> like so even better when people are like, you know, like trying to say something negative or whatever. It, I just it's whatever, you know, like let them talk but um i actually did take a break from photography for a while because i just got a little burnt out on it yeah um and the way that things were going in the community and i still get a little burnt out sometimes on it uh i feel like a lot of the shooters in arizona are just different versions of the same photographer Mm -hmm. you know as far as like what they capture and the way they capture it and then the way that they you know process the image after shooting it and stuff and so i really try and stay outside of i guess what's trending or what Mm -hmm. the current um like fad is in photography so you know it's uh that's a mission in itself yeah but you seem like the kind of person that likes to dip your toe in and just really embrace what the good is and then whenever it gets a little too hyped stay away from yeah you know and i feel like there's a lot of things that um people don't see that is worth seeing and sure. so I try and find those, you know, Good. I try and find what, what most people aren't looking at and make them focus on it. Yeah. So. I'm going to pause real quick. Just, I wanted to jump back into, um, we were talking about kind of the, um, overall community of the photography world. Yeah. 
And one of the things I want to ask you is, have you taken on an apprentice now? Um, so would you ever take on an apprentice? Yeah, <laughs> um, I would. Uh, I had one for a few months, but she ended up moving actually to London to do photography out there for oh, wow. this like cool company she got internship with. Nice. Um, it was a really cool opportunity for her, so she obviously took that and yeah. bounced. I'm really picky about who I take on, though. Yeah, absolutely. And, um, I feel like a lot of people, I don't know. Yeah, it's just uh, I'd love to have one, but it's got to be somebody who's like seriously ready to learn. And you know, I'm for sure. I'm, you're not one to. Uh, fuss around and right learn. Yeah. yeah like if you're here to learn you're gonna learn and if you are incapable of learning or if you you know are kind of um tough hard love to teach yeah, yeah you know and, some, and time i have for some like, tough love like with my photography i have a lot of resources and stuff that you know if someone's my apprentice they're gonna also have those resources and you know it's a, a situation where you know coming in you're you're already one off other people you know so yeah um so it's got to be someone really motivated and just, you know, someone, you know, I like a lot of photographers out here. They're they're really great and stuff, but they don't have much technical knowledge to them. And, mm -hmm. and you know, they they know how to take a good uh, photo. Excuse me. They know how to take a good photo and then they put it in Lightroom and put a filter on it and all this stuff. And it's like it like. That's cool. And, you know, it looks good and, mm -hmm. and that's the result they're looking for. And that's cool. But like with me, like everything I do is tailored to that specific photo, you know, from taking it in the camera, um, through Lightroom and then through Photoshop and all that stuff. Um, especially in the camera is, is a really important part to me. Um, I like to try and get my photos perfect in camera. Um, so they don't need much editing. Yeah. Um, so the, and, the process is more on the situation of lighting and everything. Yeah. Else and, 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 you know, it, it there's a lot to it, you know, with, you know, just getting the correct settings because everything I shoot is obviously in manual, mm -hmm. um, you know, from aperture and shutter speed, uh, white balance. You know, I always mm -hmm. mess with the white balance to make it, you know, interesting mm -hmm. um, to what I want. But, you know, in here would require a completely different white balance than like outside. And white balance seems to be the one that most people have trouble with, you know, and they're like, yeah. oh, I, I shoot full manual, but I keep my white balance on auto. And it's like, mm, like that works. But, you know, I really try to stay on the cooler side of things. And so yeah. knowing your white balance definitely helps that. Um, definitely. Outside of that, I do have full studio lighting that I use. Uh, I have these awesome lights from Palsy Buff. Nice. I, it's a three light setup. I have all the modifiers for it, you know, like yeah. beauty dishes and diffuser boxes and umbrellas and yeah. all the gels to make those crazy colors you see in my photography and stuff. So, yeah. um, so it's a, it's a lot to take in. And so if, if I'm going to take an apprentice, they have to be ready and be fully and ready. Yeah. Work hard too. <laughs> That's the other thing. Cause like, um, I'm kind of a space case sometimes. Okay. That's okay so, to say. So I they mean, have to pick up my slack. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. I think it's beautiful that like someone can be um, as honest to themselves as like, possible. So it's like whenever you say it's like I'm a space case and it's like I'm the same way. I wouldn't be the person that I am without my my apprentice <laughs> yeah. slash wife over here. Right. <laughs> uh, you know, I I fully I fully understand. Like, you know, I brought her in and tried to share with her as much as I could technically wise. And then once she started understanding the technical part she kind of blossomed into a, her own kind of 
what she wanted to do and what she was interested in and how she wanted to help with the podcasting and yeah, all the business. Awesome. So I definitely understand. It's like you need a yin to your yang sort of situation. Definitely teamwork uh, uh, goes a long way. So yeah, for sure. Um, are you excited about anything in the future for you to come? Cause uh, I know that the, I know that there's a lot when it comes to, you know, getting your whole like year set out and kind of having goals set out for you. So I have this weird personal philosophy where, I make no plans and have no expectations because I'll never be let down. Nice. (laughs) Um, I love that. I love that. And I always end up doing something cool. And I know that, you know, whatever I do, it's going to be cool, but I don't have, I like, if I set a a plan for my year out, you Mm -hmm. know, I, it's not going to go like that as much as I would love it to. Um, just because, you know, my life and the way that I do things is, is pretty random and hectic sometimes in a good way. Yeah. Um, but, get to you know, do cool things like this all yeah, the time. <laughs> yeah, you know, and, and I work with a lot of cool people. And through that, I get a lot of cool opportunities that mm-hmm. I otherwise wouldn't have. And so, like, if I have this big plan where I have to go do this and uh, something cool comes up, it's like then I'm, like, stressed out because I have to pick between this or this. And, like, you yeah. know, like, yeah. it's just nice to have your options open because uh, I know I'm going to have fun and, and enjoy what I'm doing. But past that, I'm like, I have no specific uh, plans or anything. Yeah. So. Um, it's kind of nice cause I'm never like, you know, if, if I set a goal and I start to kind of go a little off track, I'm like, Oh, and then it, you yeah. know, it's kind of stressful and you're like, which one should I do? What yeah. should I, where should I go? So I, I kind of take things as they come. Yeah, definitely. I, I kind of curious, do you have, um, a book? Like, do you think that you would put a portfolio together for like a table book or something? You know, what's funny is I was actually just talking about that, um, last night with this girl I was, uh, taking photos of and... If I did, it would be a Polaroid book. Um, For sure. Or like a... I, I, man, see, this is where I'm stuck. I could yeah. I could put some digital photography in there. I have so much... Yeah, I imagine. ...work. That you could I, put together yeah, and curate. I so much content, whether it's digital or Polaroid. I, I've probably got a collection of over like 2,000 Polaroid yeah. photos at this point. I think what would also be kind of fun, too, is like, you're, like you said, a lot of people technically-wise wouldn't understand. It's like I've seen a couple of people who put out you know photos and then they show like this is the aperture this is the Mm -hmm. you know the lighting you know whatever sort of situation and i've always find that pretty cool because as someone who enjoys photography and enjoys Mm -hmm. the technical part of it because i want to understand you know okay this person did this with this photo but it's like this other one that i like the lighting of this is a brighter light than whatever this other photo was Mm -hmm. it's like see the contrast and difference sort yeah, of situation. Yeah, and that's cool, but I feel like at that point you're limiting your audience to only photographers yeah, or people who for sure. have the ability to understand that, you know. For sure. Which, you know, I, I do that every once in a while on my Instagram. I'll, like, you know, post a photo and then post, like, what my setup was. Nice, okay. I haven't been doing it as much lately. I need to that's do cool. that again. But, mm-hmm. um, but as far as a book goes, it would... We worked with a publisher here at the tattoo shop to make a tattoo flash book. Um, okay. Somewhere in the lobby. It came out great, though. Um, and our publisher is going to be back in Arizona in November. Nice. So I'm going to have that conversation with them about Perfect. Know, doing a book. And um, with tattooing, I do all of my designs digitally. I use my iPad and a program mm. called Procreate. Nice. Um, so it's a lot of like graphic design style stuff. Yeah. And uh, I feel like using that program and stuff, I could easily put together the pages of the book for this guy to kind of just bind and publish. And he did a great job on the shop books. Um, Can I ask you how that, those tattoos, like, is it like, do you pen it like a digital, like the digital Apple pen or do you? Yeah, yeah, I do everything. Um, 
you know, just directly on the iPad from the initial sketch to yeah. the final design. Um, I mean, even the book, I don't know. We have one up front. Uh, but even the book, actually, here, here one is. Oh, we nice. did all of the designs on the iPad start to finish. So, um, oh, wow. I so can see it really. Uh, I did the, the photography for the kind of intros and stuff. But um, yeah. these are, you know, all done digitally on the iPad. So... Um, that is awesome. really interesting, you know, all sorts of different formats and, you know, colors and um, Dude. so it's a really versatile tool. These are a couple of mine. Um, nice. So uh, I feel like putting together a book for my photography would be pretty easy on that. Yeah. Um, just, you know, I have all my Polaroids scanned. Yeah, so, absolutely. You know, bring them into the iPad digitally and just That's I think it would a- be cool. Um, so it's something you can mm-hmm. maybe look for. 2020 yeah because yeah, <laughs> that's awesome I, it's i've been i meant to do it last year and then some things happened um i don't know if you saw the food series i did on instagram no i didn't so um i really wanted to do like a whole book on like food that's beautiful i love, I love food. yeah i love food so much <laughs> um we i mean honestly with the connects that you have like i don't i don't i can't imagine you not being able to go to someone that you know and like who owns a restaurant and be like look let me grab a couple of oh photos well, and just, like, I mean just when I did the the small one for Instagram I had all sorts of people that were like um let's you do know, it participate yeah you know I have a sweet events cake pop shop nice um, yeah sponsored me with like some cupcakes and cake pops to shoot with and that's stuff. awesome and, um yeah she's really awesome her name's Janae she's great um and her cake pops are like crazy so it was really <laughs> cool that she was like willing just to like be a part of it you know so yeah um but you know i definitely have a lot of resources and people who would um love to put in on that too which is awesome so that's awesome uh i'm looking to start my food project again in in november um so that's going to be kicking back up and um i'm going to do it a lot more in depth and really uh get enough stuff to try and put a maybe a book together on that too because that was the original plan but i think as far as like making a book goes first i would love to do one that's like just analog whether yeah. it's 35 millimeter i have maybe like 25 30 film cameras at home that i shoot with that's regularly awesome. yeah a lot of like vintage ones i have do you do the um black light the uh room do you do the, the dark room stuff? dark room stuff? um so i don't okay. um i used to uh just nowadays you know i'm not going to build one in my house because i don't have the space for that yeah um, and the chemicals are pretty na- gnarly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they are. Um, and then, like, if you're doing color, you know, film, you have to keep them at, like, 120-something degrees. And, and it's just, it's a lot, um, which is cool. And the people who can do that at their house and, and get it done properly is mind-blowing to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but with the departure of analog, you know, it's, it's definitely not what it used to be. And, and dark rooms are few and far between. Mm-hmm. And the ones that do exist still are ludicrous expensive yeah so um because it takes a lot of time and typically you pay hourly there yeah as well as for supplies wow and all that stuff so it it gets to be pretty pricey i bet um so i take my film over to uh this place that develops it here in town dude Um, that's a cool yeah and they they can do it you know if i get them there you know around 10 or earlier they can do it same day nice yeah and uh they're really awesome and efficient Please let us be a resource to you because we have done podcasts with a bunch of um, 
foodies and yeah. food people, yeah. and they're always I've, I've, on board. Uh, I've actually I went through and listened to a few of them. And oh, thank you. Super awesome. So yeah, mustache pretzel for sure. Like he's uh, like he's the best. He's honestly like the funny. Like he's such a. He gets it, like yeah. I sell fucking mustache pretzels for a living. He's right. like, oh, of course I, yeah. I, I like. That's and it's cool. <laughs> that's such a unique idea. But. Yeah, and so he's like, he's one of those guys that like when we had our wedding, you know, he was so nice enough to like uh, del- drop off like a a big batch of them, and like everyone enjoyed them, and yeah. it's just such a unique item in yeah. a sense, like crazy funny, but also easily digestible, and like it's good. It's, yeah, yeah. So. Like we we encourage like we want to be the people that people can come to and be like oh yeah we got a guy for that or something yeah. like that let us be the resource yeah, and it's all about building want... networks and yeah, stuff absolutely. and that's, that's what helps everybody succeed in the end you know there's a lot of people I feel like especially in the tattoo community that are like in a like a constant competition and battle with everyone around yeah. them but it's not like a healthy competition you know it's like like I'm I'm, always, I'm the type of person where like if my friends are doing good I'm like. You know, I'm stoked on that. Yeah. But a lot of um, people in any artistic industry out here, it's it's like if they see someone else doing good, they're like, oh, oh they, you know. Mm. Eh. What are they so, doing? Yeah, yeah, you know, I should be doing that. Yeah. I, so, I told, I, and for us, we want to make the, I like to, to be the person's like, I started this when I was in a, basically in a garage printing shirts for people. Yeah. And each owner had their own unique story. And then, you know, I was like, oh, well, let me put this on radio or let me like record this because some of these stories are really interesting. And then from there, we just kind of had one of those situations where it snowballed. Everyone kind of saw it and heard it and enjoyed it. And then we kind of built from there. And I think that my thing is I want to give everyone the chance to kind of tell their story, kind of keep it. If you're going to, if you're going to be a part of any community and you have a business, you should be able to share your story yeah. and tell what you're about. Yeah. And, you know, it's definitely, like I said, networking is what helps everybody grow. And, you know, anybody who wants to grow, you know, is, is going to have to be a part of something eventually. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, there's not very many times where someone does something 100 percent on their own without help from others, you know, and, and a lot of people don't understand that. Yeah, so absolutely. It's cool to to be a part of something and, and watch other people be a part of things, um, you know? Yeah. So we have a section of our podcast called Brittany's big question. And so Brittany gets a chance to ask one big question for the podcast. So this is her oh, chance to come in. Big. She's got two today. Oh, okay, Whoa. Cool. Yeah, a fun one and a serious one. Okay. Which one do you want first? All right. Um, you pick. Let's do the fun one first. Cause right. it's, it was my question. When you brought it up earlier, I was like, that's my question of the day. But I also have to come up with like a really good one too. Okay. Funny because <clears throat> this morning we were walking around, we were talking about Harry Potter, and we were talking about the classes and the the sortings. <laughs> and you mentioned you're a big Harry Potter fan. Yeah. So what class are you what in? Are what you house Slytherin. are you in? Slytherin. Slytherin? Oh, oh yeah, easily. Right. Same here. She yes. Said the same thing. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Slytherin. <laughs> Slytherin so, for sure. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I'm like a Scorpio, October, Slytherin. I don't know. It all kind of fits together. Yeah, but, it does. Um, right? I love it. Okay, serious yeah. question. Okay. <clears throat> you were mentioning earlier. <clears throat> Whoa, where's my voice? You were mentioning earlier that you don't like to plan things. You don't have those expectations. And I am so wishing I could be that type of person. So how do you find, like, accomplishments? Or how do you, like, pause and smell the roses? Like, when does Travis stop and smell the roses? Never. Never. Um, I mean, I never stop, but I mean, I, 
I enjoy everything I do, and I'm, I'm fortunate enough to be in both of these creative industries where I'm able to express myself and, and surround myself with people who are, you know, equally expressive and, and you know, it's, it's easy to find enjoyment in everything I do because I enjoy everything I do. I, it kind of sounds dumb to like say it like that, but mm -hmm. like, you know, it's, it's always, you know, every day I, I finish a tattoo and I look at it and it's like, this is really awesome. I created this, you know, yeah. and, and the, the people I work with, you know, all my clients I'm super grateful for because like without them, I wouldn't be able to do what I do. And so watching this like kind of creation of this tattoo that we, we do and, and, how it affects them in the end is, is really gratifying. It's really awesome to see, you know, how grateful and, and how happy and excited these people are to be like receiving tattoos as well as photos. You know, it's, it's really cool. Um, I've had people come to me and they're like, Hey, you know, I, I, I kind of want to do some photos, but I don't, I'm not much of a model and you know, whatever. And you know, everybody <laughs> has, you know, some sort of self-conscious, thing going on I don't care who you are you, you know everybody's a little bit on the self-conscious side and some people are you know definitely um you know not the ideal person that they in their head they you know you know everyone's I should go to the gym or do this you know so it's really cool like working with people sometimes who are unsure of things and then after like you get their photos to them they're like holy cow this is like how did you make me look like this and I'm like I didn't make you look like that that's what you look like I just yeah. portrayed it in a way that you know people are gonna enjoy and stuff but like you know that's that's you and it's it's so cool watching people like you know get this confidence boost and and feel happy about it and, yeah and so it's it's really cool you know and, and all these things are so easy to enjoy because like i don't know it's awesome so you fully embrace this uh, mentality of you know find what you love to do and you'll never oh, work yeah. a day in your life exactly and and it's it's super cool and and i'm I hate using the word blessed, but I'm very blessed in that way. But uh, definitely, I get to enjoy every day and enjoy what I do. And everyone's like, "Oh, what are you up to today?" I'm like, "Oh, I'm going to work." And they're like, "Oh man!" And I'm like, "No, no, it's it's great. I love going to work. Yeah, like, I get to come hang out with all my friends and and make art. So <laughs> it, it's yeah, it's super super awesome for sure." Um, you what was your nickname again did you said juice box juice box yeah and now i gotta ask where'd that come from uh, all right so <laughs> high school um i was pretty nerdy when i was in high school going to raves wasn't cool uh -huh. um they made fun of the rave kids and then like doing art people would be like you, you know it, yeah. it wasn't a popular thing yeah. you know yeah. like i got made fun of wearing skinny jeans and now like everybody's walking around <laughs> in skinny jeans type thing yeah. um but uh, i was always that kid in the back of the class just like drawing and stuff and not a lot of people knew who I was in high school because I was just, I was, you know, super nerdy. I was in the FFA and I was like, you know, this little religious kid and it was just, you know, interesting. So, um, but I was super into art, right? Mm -hmm. Well, I got this car. It was a Scion XB, one of the box cars. Oh, okay. And being into art, you know, I started tricking it out, making it nice, gave it a paint job, put yeah. some crazy rims on it. I did all the um, fabric on the inside, like green leather headliner. And, <laughs> nice. You know, um, the whole nine. So um, my car was a show car. I did like a hot import nights dub show. Um, Beautiful. Import yeah. face off a lot of car shows back in the day. Well, as I was building this car, people started you know, see my car at school and they're like, who is that guy? And um, me being a, 
thinking I'm funny, I made my license plate say juice box because it was like a square car. So nobody knew me, but they knew oh, that, Ju- that juice, juice box, box kid. You know, oh, oh, there's that juice box kid. And, um, so it just kind of became my rep. And Beautiful. I love that. Yeah, it's kind of followed me into tattooing and stuff like that. So um, Do you have a juice box anywhere that you think about putting it on you? Boom! Right, right there right on, on the my knuckle. knuckle. Yeah. Nice. And then, uh, it's funny because a lot of like my close friends have like bendy straw tattoos. Nice. So, uh, <laughs> that's pretty funny. Yeah. I love it, man. They, I mean, again, it's like we're reaching the end here and it's blown right by. And you are someone that I think is really unique, really special, really yes, down to earth. You know, take your pick. And you've been able to create something for yourself that truly is making you feel and, you know, just appreciate what you have in front of you. So, yeah, commendable, um, applaudable whatever you want to say, but uh, at the end, we kick it to you to let everyone know where they can find you online, your social media handles, everything. It's your time to promote. Yeah, uh, Instagram is pretty much all I use. I don't, yeah. I don't mess with Twitter, Facebook. No worries. So Instagram, uh, tattoos is juice box. It's J-U-C-E-B-O-X, no I. Okay. I couldn't fit out my license plate, so only seven <laughs> letters. So yeah, and yeah. then uh, my photography one is Sad Trav. Nice. So, yeah. Um, that's no how we found you. Or anything. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Juice box and sad trav. Uh, that's about it. I mean, awesome. Yeah. Uh, where can they you can write uh, me a letter? Yeah. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, this place you want to shout out this place. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. The tattoo shop diamond body art. It's, uh, over here in East Mesa. It's a really nice shop and you know, nine years of tattooing. This is by far my favorite place. I've, I've absolutely it's beautiful. At, so. Ladies and gentlemen, I am a, I will probably end up getting one here. So uh, Please what do. Do, yeah, yeah, one anytime in, you're ready in the future. Know. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, super, super awesome space with a bunch of really cool people here. Yeah. So I'm, a, I'm the kind of guy too. Also, it's like everyone who's come through our doors, I try and do something with them, whether it's yeah. like, you know, purchasing something or like working with them on something, anything to like make sure that they know, it's like I'm real. Like I want to yeah, be a part yeah. of this, and it's like awesome. we wouldn't have you in unless we thought you were talented well, or whatever. You're ready, worth. I got you. Let me know. Yeah, absolutely. Well, ladies and gentlemen, we are ending this episode with Sad Trav, and uh, I want to say thank you to him. But before we go, you can catch every episode of our podcast at FindingArizonaPodcast.com. We too have social media. It's all under Finding Arizona Podcast. Unfortunately, we're everywhere. It's so also it's on like, Spotify. That's, uh, that's oh, where yes. I heard it. So. Yes, Spotify. Uh, we try and make it easy for you guys to reach us. So please, if you are listening to this, like and subscribe. It's not just for me. It's guys like Trav here and anyone who comes through our doors. Last but not least, we do have an extra bonus content called Fine Examination, only available at patreon.com slash Finding Arizona Podcast. And hopefully we'll get Trav here to do 50 questions before we do our little oh, fo- photo. I have it all set up and uh, we'll catch you on the next one. See you guys.